2021, U.S. lawmakers are pushing for President Tsai Ing-wen to be invited to this year's APEC Economic Leaders Meeting, which will be hosted in San Francisco. They've written to Secretary of State Antony Blinken, highlighting Taiwan's economic, cultural and technological contributions to the Asia-Pacific region. Taiwan's lawmakers say it is unlikely that all APEC members would agree to Tai's participation, but Taiwan's foreign ministry promises to consult with the other member economies to secure the best possible arrangement. Cutting into a towering cake, President Tsai Ing-wen marks the 90th anniversary of the National Central Library. The National Central Library not only provides general library services, but also carries out an important mission for our country, promoting Taiwan studies and Sinology with distinct Taiwanese characteristics. It operates 45 centers for Chinese studies in 28 countries around the world, expanding Taiwan's academic influence and letting Taiwan be seen by the world. The night before promoting the National Library, Tsai attended AmCham Taiwan's annual Xianyan Fun Banquet. She promoted a free trade agreement, emphasizing that Taiwan was the eighth largest trading partner of the U.S. After the initial negotiation in New York last November, our next move then will be exploring the possibility of a free trade agreement with the United States. This year's APEC Economics Leaders Meeting will be hosted by the U.S. 21 U.S. lawmakers led by Republican Lance Gooden have co-signed a letter urging the State Department to invite Tsai to the summit. We have a long history of participation in various meetings. As for the APEC Economic Leaders Meeting, we will consult with other members and make the best arrangements. Taiwan's foreign minister did not deny the possibility of an invite, but lawmakers are less optimistic. Uh, Getting all 21 member economies to agree is not likely. Perhaps such a proposal had never been brought up before. And perhaps this year some member economies share similar opinions about this issue. But achieving a consensus would be extremely difficult. Of course, the host has the greatest power to invite guests. But I must say that APEC being an international organization, there are certain constraints imposed among its members. It would be very difficult, but if it happens, that would be great. Since joining APEC in 1991 as Chinese Taipei, Taiwan has been unable to send a sitting president to a leader's meeting. In the first two years of Tsai's tenure, Taiwan's envoy to the event was People First Party Chairman James Song. TSMC founder Morris Chang has taken over the role since 2018. Taiwan's only South American ally, Paraguay, will hold its presidential election at the end of the month. According to the latest polls, the front-runner is still Afrayin Allegri, who calls for switching ties from Taiwan to China. Let's hear from him. We will address the issue of Paraguay-Taiwan relations based on our national interest and our alliances in international politics. The current relationship is insufficient. The remarks made by the opposition candidate in Paraguay have certainly caused some trouble. However, our colleagues in Paraguay have very close ties with various political parties, factions and candidates. We have a long-standing relationship with Paraguay, and that relationship is very solid. We will do our utmost to maintain our diplomatic relationship with Paraguay. 
Allegri believes that Paraguay, which is primarily an agricultural country, has gotten insufficient benefits from its relationship with Taiwan. Taiwan's foreign minister Joseph Wu says Taiwan will do its best to preserve the diplomatic relationship. New AIT chair Laura Rosenberger is on a visit to Taiwan, where she's been engaging with key figures in the 2024 election. Following her Tuesday arrival, she met with Vice President Lai Qingde, the DPP's presidential nominee. She also sat down with KMT chairman Eric Zhu, who dropped strong hints about where his party stands in the primary process. Prior to her arrival, Rosenberger met with Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe in the U.S., connecting with Taiwan's main third-party candidate in the upcoming election. AIT Chair Laura Rosenberger is visiting Taiwan for the first time since taking office. President Tsai Ing-wen expressed gratitude for Rosenberger's support during her U.S. transit. I want to express special thanks to you for accompanying our delegation and to the U.S. government for its assistance. As China uses its military exercises to redraw red lines and establish a new normal, Taiwan hopes to closely collaborate with the AIT under your leadership, Chair Rosenberger, to seriously confront these new phenomena and challenges. Taiwan is a valued friend and, as the Vice President highlighted, a, an important trade partner for the United States and is critical in maintaining peace and stability. Rosenberger met with Vice President and DPP presidential candidate Lai Tingde on Wednesday. One week earlier, she met Ke Wenzhe of the Taiwan People's Party during his visit to the U.S. On Thursday, she paid a visit to KMT Chairman Eric Chu. Reporters asked Chu if he would arrange a sit-down between Rosenberger and the KMT's presidential candidate. That's for sure. Take Mayor Ho Yi as an example. He has met AIT Director Sandra Odkirk and former AIT Chairman James Moriarty many times before. Chu cited new Taipei Mayor Ho Yi, signaling that Ho's candidacy was imminent. But Honghai founder Terry Goh has shown no signs of abandoning his campaign. Ho's supporters worry that the longer it takes to announce his candidacy, the more his poll numbers will suffer. They're calling on the KMT to expedite the primary process. Let's stay focused and unite our strengths as we face the challenges of 2024 together. Chu once again called for unity, urging his party to have confidence in its candidate. Amid high cross-strait tensions, military tech development is a high priority. Analysts say that drones are a vital part of defense technology in the 21st century. In the emerging field of military drones, military engineers and private firms are working together. Today, we meet two companies in the private sector drone team. The cheers of Thunder Tiger and Geosat recently welcomed military guests to a seminar to share recent developments. Military personnel enter the offices of Geosat for a meeting about the development of two new military drones, the Land Scout and the Micro. Production of prototypes is already underway. This is Geosat's drone production factory. You can see they're currently producing and performing maintenance on military drones. In the future, when military drones enter mass production, this is also where they'll be repaired and maintained. 
3D 打样啊，这是他的主讲。那当然未来还会做做调整。An intricate design is needed to bring a new drone into existence. When the specifications have been tweaked, it can start to be produced. Once a prototype is born, engineers carry out test runs and make countless minute adjustments. But before a real test flight, they'll check the numbers using a simulator. The team at GeoSat is hard at work, and meanwhile, Thunder Tiger is also working on micro drones. Both companies are happy to work with the government's drone policy. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, changes in U.S.-Taiwan-China trilateral relations, and geopolitical issues have all made our country aware that we must defend our territory. Investing in drone research and development is the best strategy. Taiwan making these preparations is not just for the crises we might face in 2025 or 2027. It also shows the whole world that Taiwan can become a reliable link in a production chain for future mass production or key parts as emerging strategic industries take off. Taiwan has a complex landmass, which is challenging for drones. Private firms in the Taiwan drone team each draw on their strengths, but they must also give each other mutual support. Time is extremely precious. The best thing would be for each individual company to avoid being self-centered. Through a division of labor, by taking the first step, we can use common specifications for key modules, and this is a great way to work together. Each company has its own specialisms. These exchange. Allow us to gradually establish the basis for mutual trust. I believe that we will certainly have chances for collaboration in the future. Drone technology is advancing rapidly. It's a key site of military innovation, and Taiwanese industry is working hard to prepare robust defenses. Contract chipmaker TSMC has announced a 30% decline in net profit in the first quarter. Net profit was better than expected at 206 billion NT, but it was still down 30% from the previous quarter. Earnings per share landed at 7.89 NT. The chipmaker expects weak demand to linger into the second quarter, but sees sales picking up in the second half of the year. During its Thursday earnings call, the company also addressed reports of a delay at its Gaoshan project. At its virtual earnings call, TSMC announced consolidated revenue of 508.63 billion NT for the first quarter, a quarterly decline of 18.7 percent. Net profit tumbled 30 percent to 206.9 billion NT, with earnings per share landing at 7.89 NT. Gross margin for the quarter was 56.3 percent. TSMC projected a slow second quarter due to inventory adjustments, with recovery to start only in the second half of the year. It revised its annual U.S. dollar revenue forecast, projecting a drop of one to six percent. We believe we are passing through the bottom of the cycle of TSMC business in the second quarter. In the second half of this year, it is expected to be stronger than the first half. So our customers' demand for N3 exceeds our ability to supply N3 to be fully utilized in 2023. Citing strong demand for three nanometer chips and a positive outlook on future expansion, TSMC said it would maintain capital spending between 32 billion and 36 billion U.S. dollars this year. TSMC also addressed concerns about its projects in Gaoxiong. It said it would continue to invest in Taiwan, but would switch from 28 nanometer chips to more advanced processes. Our fab construction continues. If we build 28 nanometer, probably 
it won't be a financially feasible just to become a more advanced node, which we are still in shortage. TSMC says it faces challenges in the year ahead, including high costs for overseas expansion, constraints in production capacity and inflation. A 17% rise in April's electricity costs is expected to cut annual gross profit margin by 0.5%. Over in the U.S., TSMC has applied for $15 billion U.S. billion in subsidies and is negotiating disclosure requirements with authorities. Its German expansion plans are still under evaluation, it said. We are engaging with customers and partners to evaluate the possibility of building a specialty fair focusing on automotive-specific technologies based on the demand from customers. Reports say TSMC plans to expand in the German state of Saxony. During a visit to Taiwan, Saxony's Minister of Science declined to comment directly on the matter. Of course, we are welcoming everybody who's interested in investing. I'd say we are well prepared for everybody. Well, we have everything in infrastructures there, what is necessary. TSMC is staying cautious as it navigates strong industry headwinds. But with countries the world over vying for its advanced technology, it's still in position to maintain its global market share. Torrential rain drenched central Taiwan on Thursday, triggering disaster reports before moving southward in the south afternoon. The rains brought a significant influx of water to local reservoirs. Liyutan Reservoir in Miaoli was the storm's biggest beneficiary, gaining 5 million tons of water. It was followed by Taoyuan's Shimen Reservoir with nearly 3 million tons. Nationwide, supplies at reservoirs swelled by approximately 19 million tons. From 7 a.m. yesterday to 7 a.m. today, this round of rain brought 19.12 million tons of water to reservoirs across Taiwan. Our goal now is for Shimen Reservoir to have a stable water supply until the end of June. The region where the most accumulated rainfall fell was Miaoli, which received 490 millimeters by the early morning. Precipitation in Tai'an Township reached the standard of torrential rain. Taichung, Xinzhou City, Zhanghua County, and Taoyuan City had rainfall that reached the standard of heavy rain or extremely heavy rain. Rains blasted Miaoli County, unleashing rock slides in the mountains and causing road collapses. Rock slides smashed into vehicles on Miaoli County roads 62 and 62-1, and fortunately, the drivers had only minor injuries. Flooding was reported in many parts of central Taiwan, including Zhanghua and Taichung. Severe storms on Wednesday wreaked havoc on Taiwan's air travel. Some flights were forced to navigate around storm cells or divert to alternate airports. Three planes were reportedly struck by lightning in midair. A former pilot says that lightning usually doesn't inflict much damage on aircraft, but he says intense storms can create hazardous situations that are best avoided. Lightning flashes in the night sky, striking Taipei 101. Thunderstorms swept Taiwan on Wednesday, affecting airport operations. Several planes were struck by lightning mid-flight. EVA Air says two planes flying from Hong Kong to Taipei were hit by lightning mid-air. 
Both landed safely at Taoyuan's International Airport. Starlux says the same happened to a plane shortly after taking off from Taipei. The flight reached Bangkok without incident. If lightning strikes near the cabin, the passengers might hear a bang. But there wouldn't be turbulence. The wings and the horizontal stabilizer all have static dischargers. If there are electrical problems on the aircraft itself, the static dischargers release that energy. According to the former pilot, lightning strikes don't pose a danger to planes, but pilots still avoid thunderstorms if possible. If you have enough fuel, you could fly a hold or divert to another landing location. But if you don't have enough fuel and you have to land at a certain airport, you just have to fly through the storm. Several flight paths on Wednesday revealed such changes. A China Southern Airlines flight departing northern Taiwan had to head south before circling around to Shanghai. Another flight from Guangzhou to Taipei ended up landing in Kaohsiung to avoid the storm cell. Upon its return, the aircraft headed north and circled off the coast of Taiwan before changing course to land in Shanghai. The most intense areas of the storm became no-fly zones. If you ended up in there, the worst-case scenario would be a plane crash due to strong convection currents, hail, heavy rains and severe turbulence. These conditions could cause pilots to lose control over the aircraft. The former pilot says that in the event of extreme weather, flight paths can be adjusted through coordination with different flight information regions. If an aircraft is struck by lightning, it will be inspected after landing to ensure that all is safe and in working order. Zhou Boqian, a dad from Taoyuan, has made a name for himself as a soap maker after getting into the business to help his children manage eczema. His kids were getting skin conditions from the effect of regular store-bought soaps and traditional herbal soaps that could help were way out of budget. So Zhou started making natural handmade soap at a more affordable price. Let's take a look. Chinese mugwort and dried ginger simmer in a pan. These medicinal herbs will create bars of natural handmade soap. Shea butter, olive oil, and emulsifiable concentrates are heated, and the herbs are added and stirred in. Taoyuan resident Zhou Boqian also adds his secret ingredient, fatherly love. His son and daughter both have had eczema since they were small. The natural soaps with traditional Chinese medicine formulas were too expensive, so Joe set about making his own. With eczema, when the children get up in the morning, there's blood stains on the blanket. We went to see a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, and then I started researching handmade soap. They gave me a bar of handmade soap there, and it was pretty good for washing the children. But one bar cost 1,000 NT. He applied to join an entrepreneurship class from the Workforce Development Agency and started from scratch in soap making. He went all the way to Taichung to learn about medicine and traditional treatments and started putting together his own mixtures. Chinese knotweed, marigold, coffee and rose. Joe chooses the ingredients carefully. Through much trial and error, he's found recipes that help improve his children's skin health. There's an issue that the skin gets rough more easily than most people's. Of course, the standards have to be even higher for my daughter since she's a girl. So I went to study and find out what is good for making skin soft. The soaps are simple shades of ochre grey and brown. But these unassuming products reflect the dedication and creativity of a dad who would do anything to support his kids.